Hi, my name is Mindy and I'm a believer, wife to my high school sweetheart and mom to three littles. I'm a personal trainer with a specialization in prenatal and postpartum fitness. I have been in the fitness world since 2020 and my passion is to change the stigma of the fitness industry from one of self-boasting in ourselves to boasting in our creator. But how do we do this when fitness is saturated with comparison and ever-changing information? It can all be so confusing and intimidating for us moms. Let's dive in and navigate this together as we put forth our efforts of having a gospel lens in the fitness world to raise the next generation up to do the same. Hey y'all, welcome back to the Fit and Faith-Filled Mom. This week was super special for me. My husband and I got to celebrate our nine-year wedding anniversary yesterday, which just, it blows my mind. We've been married for nine years. It was super sweet. We just got to go and have a simple dinner without being interrupted by children. I didn't have to cook, and it was lovely and life-giving. And so I thought it would have been good with just reflecting on my last nine years of being married to my husband, how we have learned how to balance our faith, our fitness, parenthood, prioritizing each other because we've had a lot of trial and error in our nine years. And the last two years have just been really lovely for us. It's been a really sweet season, still full of hardship, but with what we've learned in our nine years together, we have just found things that have worked well for us, things that encourage us and make us better for each other. A little bit about us. We are high school sweethearts. We actually grew up in the same church since we were in diapers. So our families have known each other for quite some time. However, we never really gave each other the time of day until we were 15 and 16 years old. I'm the younger one. And my husband was actually really good friends with my sister before him and I even ever started acknowledging each other. So there was my first summer of 2008 going on our youth group uh, summer camp. We went down to South Padre. I had actually never gone, even though I grew up in the church. I really did not enjoy, I just did honestly did not have a lot of friends. Parker was definitely the more popular one at church. He thrived. He had all the great friends. I did not. So it took a lot for me to go on this, this camp, but my mom actually made me <laughs> and boy, am I glad she did. And on that bus ride down to Padre, which ended up being like a 14-hour ride, I believe, total, we just started talking to each other and really enjoying talking and being silly. Obviously, I think we both thought each other were quite attractive, <laughs> raging hormones of teenagers. Uh, but Parker likes to tell people that we hooked up at church camp, and I tell him to stop saying that because that means something different today. <laughs> Basically, what it means is we just ended up holding hands on the bus ride home from South Padre. So we spent the entire trip flirting with each other, sitting with each other at the worship nights, just hanging out in all of our free time. And then on the bus ride home, he officially held my hand under a blanket. I know, crazy, crazy, those crazy Christian kids, right, <laughs> on youth camp trip. But anyway, and that's honestly where it all started and the rest is history, and we have been together ever since. So that puts us together for 15 years total. Six of those we dated before we got married because we dated all through high school, got married while we were in college, and we've been married for nine years, and we got married in 2014. So 
In those 15 years, even while we were dating and during our time married, we have just been through the ringer of life. There have been a lot of beautiful seasons, but a lot of hardships, and that is to be expected. God never promised this life was going to be easy, but he did promise he wouldn't leave us alone, and he promised he would uh, give us a helper uh, in in marriage, and, and that's why woman was created, actually, back in Genesis, was he felt Adam needed a helper, and so he created woman. So we have faced in our time together while we were dating, uh, Parker's sweet mom passed away from breast cancer. After we had been dating for a few years, we have had to ba- balance just really tricky relationships, learning what boundaries need to look like. Um, in regards to Parker's mom uh, passing of cancer, a couple years later, his dad started dating again and even ended up getting married to a wonderful woman. And so then we were kind of navigating, okay, now we're blending a family, but in our adult years, which is kind of unique and has its own challenges, but has ended up being beautiful and wonderful. We have moved several times. We've gone through actually a couple rounds of job losses. There's just so many seasons of uncertainty we walk through, but God has just been so gracious in our story and refining us and growing us. And we can look in those seasons and see why they were necessary for our growth with one another. Now, we are by no means marriage experts at all. We have really sucked at marriage, in all honesty. We have been really ugly to each other in seasons. We fail each other often. We'll get lazy with each other. We have seasons where we're in survival mode, being parents to three little ones. But we can see and feel, again, how God has grown us. And thank the Lord, there are new mercies every day. So even on days when we really fail each other, we have a chance to do better the next day. God does not hold our shortcomings in our marriage against us, but instead he uses it to grow us. So anywho, I thought it would be fun for this week, just reflecting again on my marriage and and the gifts my husband is and what we've learned from each other. For nine years, I wanted to share nine things that we have learned in regards to three big areas of our life, and that is the maturing maturing and growing of our own faith, encouraging each other in health and fitness, and navigating parenthood together. Those are three areas of our life that are very dominant. Faith is our biggest aspect. We operate completely under faith. We talk the gospel to our children and to each other constantly. And then health and fitness is incredibly important and a big part of our lives. And of course, parenthood as we have three young children, ages six, three, and eight months. So Obviously, that is a huge, huge thing we are tackling together. Now, before diving into these top nine things, just know that this is, these are two sinners who are just giving you our top advice. Again, we are not marriage experts, but it's important that you know we are sinners and we are so imperfect and we just recognize our need for a savior in our marriage and that our marriage can only be as good as it is with Jesus Christ at the center of it. So let's dive in. Number one is probably one that we really had to tackle a couple years ago, and it's don't be content in staying neutral. You're not necessarily in a horrible place, but you're also not necessarily on a mountaintop. You're just kind of sitting in this really, what you think is comfortable, but it's just neutral. No growth, We're not really addressing issues. We're just going through the motions. This can be a poor mindset of just accepting this is it or becoming lazy, whether that's in your relationship with Jesus and not feeling like you need to pursue him, 
your fitness and not challenging yourself or even starting parenthood. We always want to be intentional and pushing ourselves to be better for our kids. Neutral is such a tactic of the enemy because it doesn't stir us to challenge ourselves to go deeper. And we do so much better in relationships when we go deeper, go past that superficial surface level. And it's the same for marriage. It's the same for fitness. You're not going to see growth in fitness if you're sitting in neutral. We've talked about that. You're not going to see your children really be all they can be, or you're not going to see them develop this love for Jesus if we're sitting in neutral and not being intentional and in, in walking them through the love of Jesus Christ. And more so in our marriage, we saw this really hit when we just really stopped pursuing each other. Uh, we weren't fighting every day, but we weren't really on this mountaintop. We just weren't doing anything to better ourselves. And that sitting in neutral just caused more distance that we didn't even see coming. Again, it was a tactic of the enemy because we weren't even aware in the moment it was happening until we got to a place where it was like, okay, this is really bad. We're really not doing well here. So don't sit in neutral. Always be challenging each other always address things that need to be addressed. Don't just sweep them under the rug. Just be intentional with each other of always going deeper. Number two, Parker actually came up with this one, managing and communicating expectations, which he's probably totally talking to me, right? Because ladies, our men cannot read our minds. (laughs) This is such a big one. We want them to be able to read our minds. We'll look at something and think, why can't they see that and just know? But truly, they can't read our minds. They're not doing it to be butts. They're not ignoring something to get a rise out of you. Maybe sometimes, but majority of the time, they really just don't know. So whether it's you trying to schedule your quiet times, your workouts, scheduling the kids' activities, you need to communicate with your spouse what you need from each other to make it work. So there's a lot of times, even to record this podcast just now, it was, Parker, I really need to go do this. I haven't gotten a chance to do it all week. Can you cook dinner while I go do this? I communicated my expectation versus moping around, waiting for him to offer. And in regards to working out, we do the same thing. If possible, he'll take them. If not, it's okay. We just are constantly communicating like, can you do this? If you can do this, will you do this? And it helps tremendously. I used to be so bad. I think about just keeping things to myself, hoping he would notice, hoping he would uh, take or see the initiative and do it. But that's just really not fair for me to put that on him to realize. I don't believe men are wired in that way as women are. So ladies, they cannot read our minds. So make sure you are communicating and managing expectations. Number three. Remember, your spouse is not your savior. I know the last episode was all about fitness not being your savior because this is a fitness and faith podcast. I could do a whole shebang on our spouse not being our savior because I have done this. I have expected my husband to solve all my problems, solve my joy problems, take the burden off of me in parenthood, whatever it is. I mean, the list could go on and on. I would text him super frustrated with the kids. And if he didn't respond in a way that made me feel better, I would legit get upset. And that's so immature when I hear myself saying that out loud. (laughs) But there was nothing he could do. If I have a joy problem, he cannot solve that. That is a problem in my soul that needs more of Jesus to solve. 
Only God can solve these problems. Only God can really carry our burdens in the way we need them carried. So you can support one another, but you cannot solve each other's deep-rooted problems. And our spouse can easily become an idol, and we are commanded to love God above all else. Our spouse should be coming second. They should not be above God. And I definitely found myself doing this, I think, especially in our first few years of being parents. I expected my husband to solve all these issues I was having with my postpartum depression, anxiety, and he simply can't do it. And imagine what that did to him of feeling like, well, I can't do this for her. I'm failing her. And then that just puts really unfair expectations on him. So do not make your spouse your savior. Love God more than you love your spouse, which is number four. You see how we just segued right into that. Love your spouse um, more than you love your kids. Love your spouse more than you love your kids. I know that might sound ugly, but it's really not. It's quite beautiful. God is very serious about marriage. A husband and wife are seen as one flesh. This is mentioned in Genesis. You are not seen as one flesh with your children. Never in the Bible does it say you are one flesh with your children. Only a husband and wife. Now, God is very serious as well about your children and raising disciples in them. Your children actually belong to God, and He is letting you have this time on earth to really pour into them and point them back to him. That is a huge responsibility on us that he is entrusting us with. But I am one with my husband. When mom and dad are united and pursuing each other, the home is going to flourish more. And this was another thing. We just did a poor job doing this after our first was born. We just stopped prioritizing date nights and time together. Our whole world just became our daughter. And it really hindered us. And this continued on even after we had our second one. And it took until our second one turned a year old before we really started prioritizing each other again. And when we began prioritizing each other, it led us to pursuing one another more, encouraging each other more in our health and fitness routines, supporting one another in our goals. And just ultimately, we are way better parents when we don't lose sight of each other. And obviously, we're going to be better because that's God's design. Our design is to love God first, our husband, our spouse next, and our children are to come after that. They want to see mom and dad flourishing. The home does better when mom and dad love each other first. All right, number five, creating space for one another is very helpful and very important. This is a wonderful way to serve one another. Servanthood should be very present in marriage. I heard a pastor one time talk about how you should be trying to outserve your spouse, not in a competition way, but because again, going back to that one flesh, you shouldn't be able to see where one of you starts and ends. And when you serve one another, it should just be the deepest joy in your soul. And creating space for one another is a great way to serve each other. If we're both at home, we worked hard to create space for each other in regards to getting a kid-free workout in. This does not happen all the time, but it really, we know each other needs this time. We know it's good for our physical health. We, we know it has so many benefits for us mentally and makes us better. So if we can, we try to give each other that space. If someone needs a break from the kids, 
we try to give each other that space. I'll go in our bedroom. I'll suggest Parker go fishing or even just go walk around Cabela's. That's one of his favorite stores just to get a break because we, we are weak. We are in human flesh and we hit our limits. If one of us needs a guy girl night just to go recharge, we'll make that happen. Babe, I'll handle bedtime while you go play basketball with the guys or Parker even just, was it last week? I think it was just last week. I had a girlfriend call me up and she was like, hey, I've got a babysitter. Let's go get some coffee. And it was super last minute. I was like, do you mind handling bedtime? That would, this would be wonderful for me to get out of the house. And he didn't even hesitate. He said, absolutely go. As long as Roby, the eight month old is fed, go. So really creating space for one another in that, not holding it against each other of competition. We are a team and we want our team to thrive. Um, And creating space for one another allows us to be better teammates for each other. It allows our our battery to recharge, to keep going together. Again, this all ties back to God creating a helper for us. And this is a great way to help one another. Number six, embrace that you are both uniquely designed as husband and wife. You both bring something different to the table. Now, God purposely designed man and woman, to be different. Not less in value, but there are very unique differences in what I can bring to the marriage and what my husband can bring to the marriage. As a male, my husband has different fitness goals than I do. As a father, he has different things he brings to the kids. He brings something different to the table and being more stern, more logical, more tough love. And then in regards to me, I bring more organization. I'm a little more nurturing with our kiddos. I have a little more mom instinct of of what we need to do for them. We bring different things to the table. Even more importantly, God gave us very specific roles as husband and wife. Husbands are to be the leaders and providers, and wives are to submit and support. This doesn't mean the wife is less in value. But she is to submit to her husband and support him, work together on those decisions, bring her concerns to him, but ultimately trust that if he is a man seeking after God's heart, she can submit to his leadership and support him and respect him. But the husband is to love her and make her feel safe and loved for her to submit under him. So those are two very unique and beautiful things that we see play out in our marriage. Now, if you know me, you know my personality is uh, can be very spitfire. So <laughs> submitting is not always the easiest thing for me, but it is something I'm continuing to try to learn and grow. My husband does a wonderful job leading us and providing for us, but I have learned in these nine years, this is an area I definitely struggle, but I feel like I have gotten better with things we have walked through. This is obviously an area God refines me in of submitting and trusting my husband and the decisions he makes for our, our, our family when it comes to finances or big life things, uh, protecting our, our space, our capacity, and all those things. So remember that. You both bring something incredibly unique to the table. Number seven. Be intentional in prayer for one another. This is a unique season of being married with raising little ones. It might feel like a long season when you're in it, but it's actually a very short season. But it is a season you're in, and it's unique, and it's really hard. It is rumored to be one of the harder seasons for marriage because you have little ones who depend on you for almost everything. 
So very little is left over for one another. You spend from the time your kids wake up until they go to bed meeting their needs. And when you get to the end of the day, I don't know about y'all, I am so touched out by the end of the day. So it is very hard for me to wind down, snuggle up with my husband because I feel like I have just been touched all day long. So it's a hard season in that aspect for marriage. So we need to take advantage when you're together uh, to be present because the reality is our kids are only this little for a short amount of time, but also remembering to be intentional and praying for one another in this season as well for energy, endurance, to be patient for each other. I never want to fall into a habit of just nagging my husband to death on, you need to do this more for the kids or you need to do this. I can get very caught up in the competition, right? Of Well, I've done this with the kids. You need to do that. Or I've done this around the house. I need help. And it's simply just not fair. And even if he is lacking in something, which I lack as well in things, nagging him is not going to get to the heart. Prayer can get right to the heart of your spouse. So if you ever want to see your spouse strengthen in an area, or if you want to see their heart become softened or more open, then pray to God for that. But also pray for your own heart in that and your heart toward your spouse for it to remain soft, forgiving, and full of grace. Because this season can be very easy for our hearts to get hardened toward each other because it feels like a competition of who's doing more and who is not, who is giving more effort and who is not. And that is a very dangerous game to play. So instead, let's turn that energy more into prayer for one another. I know when I have been more intentional in prayer for my husband, I can literally see the change from the inside out in him. So do not underestimate the power of prayer because God can change the heart. You cannot. So spend that energy actually praying and also praying for your own heart. All right, we've got two more that we're going to dive into, and then we'll wrap up. Number eight, be silly together. It does not have to be so dang serious all the time. My favorite thing to do with my husband in the house is dance. I'm not talking like sweet slow dancing. You'll see these cute videos on Instagram of like a husband and wife slow dancing in their kitchen and, you know, life is beautiful and there's music playing. Now I'm talking, we put on our Christian rap music and we dance around how you would envision dorky white people to dance. That's us. And it's hilarious. And we laugh and our kids laugh. And it is just wonderful that for them to see mom and dad not be so serious. And it's and it just reminds me of who we were back when we were teenagers. And we just had so much fun being silly together. Life is hard. There's a lot we have to think about. There's a lot we have to be accountable for. And we don't want to lose this beautiful gift God has given us of humor and silliness. It doesn't matter as you get older. You don't have to lose that that humor. It makes me fall more in love with my husband when I see him be so goofy. Now, sometimes I'm like, okay, now you need to be serious. <laughs> but honestly, when we are just silly and goofy together and we can just make each other laugh, it is the best. And I'm so thankful for the gift that that is, that God designed silliness and laughter and just fun together. So be silly together. Last one. This is wonderful for mainly tackling health and fitness and how husband and wives can support one each other in that. Honestly, one of the best ways that we support each other in our health and fitness 
is we complement each other's attractiveness. God designed physical attraction. Obviously, there's usually something when we see our future spouse that immediately drew us to them, and it's usually a physical attraction. We were incredibly attracted to each other at that church camp, let me just say. And it is glorifying God within marriage when you are intimate with one another because it was his design. And physical attraction is something that really does help in regards to intimacy. So that is a big reason my husband and I work out is for each other's eyes to just do what we can to remain that physical attraction, keep that fire, keep that spark, because it is hard the older you get with life and kids and keeping that initial spark alive. There have definitely been seasons it has gone dim within our marriage, but lately it has been able to pick back up because we are really prioritizing staying physically fit, yes, for our health, but also to look good for each other. Again, God designed physical attraction and how our body reacts when we are physically attracted to our spouse. So nothing motivates me more than when my husband actually compliments my progress in regards to fitness and vice versa. I really, when I notice a change within him or when I see him working hard, I really want to compliment that. It motivates him and it does the same for me. And we should only, this is important, we should only be seeking the attention of our spouse when working out to improve or be confident in our outer appearance. It's a very dangerous game if you are working out and seeking the attention and compliments of other people. Like if you post online and there's someone who comments about your physical outer appearance and it makes you feel good. I understand that making you feel good, but that is a very dangerous game. If you go to the gym and you are desiring to be filled up by the opposite sex complimenting you. That is a dangerous game. You only should be concerned about the eyes of your spouse and working out for the attention from them. My husband and I try very hard to do this for each other. Uh, he uh, he smacks my booty probably 20 times a day when I wear my workout shorts. <laughs> and it, I'll act like it annoys me, but if he doesn't do it, I actually get my feelings hurt. And I've told him that. <laughs> I I tell you what, I mean, he does a very good job of letting me know he is attracted to me. And I could probably do more in regards to that. My husband is very good about that. But also in regards to our children should be seeing a healthy relationship of what it looks like to compliment one another, hugging each other, kissing each other, being playful. This is good for them to see because our children need to know growing up what a healthy marriage looks like in the home. So we really try to be intentional about that with one and with one another. But if you want to motivate your spouse in their health and fitness, compliment them. Let them know when you notice the physical change and that you like it and encourage them in that because it is good for both of you to want to remain as physically healthy as you can, but also there's no shame in wanting to be attractive for your spouse. Again, it all went back to starting somewhere, and that usually started with an an initial physical attraction to your spouse. So please make that a goal this week to compliment your spouse on their outer appearance and that you just think they are the best looking human being in the world. Go do that this week. (laughs) Okay, those were my top nine points 
My husband helped me come up with those. I really ideally wanted him to record this with me, but we have three small children and it's just not really possible or y'all would hear screaming in the background. So anywho, thank you so much for being here today. Remember this week what a gift marriage is. And I just pray that these top nine points, maybe at least just one or two of them are something you can see and be like, I can start implementing this into my marriage for a little bit of improvement. Remember, don't stay in neutral. Pick one of these points from today and say, you're going to make it a goal to do more of that this week with your spouse, because we always want to be going deeper. So anyway, you guys, thanks for being here today. Uh, I hope to, I can't see you, but I hope you'll be back here next week. Remember to share, subscribe. You can follow my fitness Instagram page at mama.u.got.this underscore fitness for workouts, encouragement, fitness tips, all of that. And be sure that you are uh, subscribing to this podcast so you don't miss any of the new episodes. Thanks for being here, you guys.